Welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to bring you the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding area. Hosted by Babylon IDA CEO Tom Dolan. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. My name is Tom Dolan. I am your host of Economically Speaking. With us today, uh, Niles French, who is a senior representative for economic development at National Grid. So, Niles, I want to just kind of turn it over to you. Maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and the kind of the role you play at, at National Grid. Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon to everybody, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm new to National Grid and, and this role, but I've been working in government and economic development for about 15 years. Uh, I hail from another island, Staten Island, so um, it's a little bit the same, but also very different in many cases. We deal with a lot of the same things that affect Long Island, such as traffic, transit-oriented development issues, the sort of um, you know conundrum of developing but keeping your suburban um, you know bedroom neighborhood sort of thing. So I've always been interested in those sort of topics. So coming out to Long Island is uh, just coming to uh, a longer drive, but a lot less tolls and a lot less expensive. So thank you very much for having me, for sure. Uh, no, again, thanks for being here. And I, you've been in economic development 15 years, so you probably started when you were like 10 years old? Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, five actually, but uh, thank you very much for the compliment. No, it, it's, um, you know, initially I had uh, worked for a museum called Historic Richmond Town in Staten Island, that's funded through the City Department of Cultural Affairs. Um, they had over 20 historic buildings on wow. parks land, um, you know, DEC issues, EPA issues. So that kind of led me to my, I guess, foray into government navigation and then also seeking capital funding for those uh, projects through various private uh, foundations, city council, and then also the state ESD or consolidated funding application. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then secondly, uh, I went to go work for the Staten Island Economic Development Corporation where I oversaw projects, the projects division. And again, that's a loaded question. You know, a lot of waterfront <laughs> development, industrial, adaptive reuse, uh, but really in particular small businesses. Yeah. And um, coming to Long Island and learning about how small business intersects with the IDAs, towns, municipalities, and then the larger counties was uh, very good to see because that was a little bit of my background as well. Um, my responsibility is at the SIDC. We ran two business improvement districts, wow. one commercial and one industrial. Um, you know, so things such as infrastructure, zoning, land use, getting out PPP and PPE during the pandemic, sure, assisting sure. businesses. These are all sort of things that I think all of us uh, economic development professionals had to learn on the fly, mm -hmm. but um, we felt very empowered by local government and state government because they knew that we had the relationships and um, our ear to the ground on what uh, businesses need, and that's economic development. So yeah. that's part of my experience in uh i guess the 15 year soundbite for it you know <laughs> that's excellent very good um you know we have an opportunity to work together and, it, and it's great you are great partners to us here at the ida 
Um, but why don't you share with us the role that National Grid plays in the, eco uh, in the economic development sphere? And I'm going to learn how to speak after this. And we, can, uh, <laughs> we can get to that. But, yeah, we'll uh, give you a, a schmear of what we do, as they <laughs> say. So um, National Grid is obviously one of the largest utility companies within um, the United States. And uh, they're an energy provider. So they actually do a lot of varied sort of different things. Um, in, in New York City, um, you know, it was typically Brooklyn Union Gas. And then it became right. Keyspan and then was bought out by... Um, you know, United Kingdom or, or uh, you know, National Grid, as it's known as. So um, I oversee, uh, specifically, I guess what my role is, is to oversee the economic development grant programs for downstate. And that encompasses uh, pretty much all of Long Island, all of Brooklyn, Staten Island, and about half of Queens. So we have about six or seven actual grant programs that range from everything that could help fund manufacturing to brownfield studies to clean um, energy technologies. And one might say, well, you know, if, if you're not getting, you know, energy back or bill back, well, why invest in those things? Because it is a straight grant program. There's a portal, um, you know, you apply, you upload all your, all your information. If you're in this field or, or are working with a consultant, if you're listening, this is just a standard grant application. Mm -hmm. And National Grid is really, really good at making investments in the community. And um, we feel that if you put that in, not only um, real capital, but social capital, that will lead to all types of capital. You know, we don't want to see vacant storefronts or jobs leave the area. So this is a way for us to piggyback and fund those sort of projects because, you know, when we look at our annual re reports, we know that investing in those particular areas are going to not only um, accelerate local business and economic development, but help people. And that's m the main thing that we're here to do. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah. And um, that's, that's so important. And again, I just want to remind everybody, too, so, you know, at the end of this show, we'll give out all the contact information for these businesses that may need your assistance. We want to make sure that they have the uh, your contact information they can get to you, and it will be in our show notes. So, you know, as we look at Long Island and we talk about the region here, you talked about coming from Staten Island to here. What do you see as some of the biggest obstacles uh, and greatest opportunities for the growth of Long Island? It's a great point. Um, so some of the obstacles that I, I and I'm, I'm new to this, so uh, I'm reading as much as I can, speaking to uh, folks like yourself. But I think uh, some of the biggest obstacles is uh, cost of living. And this mm. isn't something that's necessarily unique to Long Island. I mean, uh, New York City, Long Island are some of the most expensive places to live and operate a business within uh, you know, uh, New York State and the entire country. And, you know, we might have numbers that are absolutely factual that support that, um, you know, there are programs out there that we offer or maybe comparatively it's not that expensive or maybe these are things that you get, good school systems, roads, et cetera, et cetera. But there's definitely a narrative and an optic that it is an expensive place to live, right? So. Sure rather than sort of 
combat that, you know, it's how do we engage folks that do that. So um, I, from, from what I've read, you know, there are a lot of people that are moving out of the area as well. So um, when we look at not only retaining jobs, but retaining people that will live here and then eventually spread roots here and have children here and how those future uh, uh, generations will fill jobs fill colleges, et cetera, et cetera, there's sort of a void of population as well, as, sure. as you will. And we've seen some of the local colleges struggle with admissions. We've seen um, sort of uh, a gap between how, um, w- what, what students or young people or people that are returning to school should major in or study uh, and then go into whatever careers those are. Right. Um, so I, I, I th- however, I think the, the um, there's so much opportunity there. I mean, rel- learning that uh, uh, you have some of the largest townships here in the entire country, hmm. you have a lot of land. There are certain um, county, I'm sorry, there's certain towns within Suffolk that are bigger than Nassau County, right? So right. there's a right. lot of, uh, land, there is a lot of potential in waterfront development, and that that that's been increasing as well too. Um, but I, I think there's a good synergy of business communities. We don't have things like IDAs, for instance, um, in New York City, and I think an IDA is a perfect example of sort of the intersectionality of public-private partnerships, having um, you know the different. Uh, political elected officials come and speak and to me looking from the outside in it seems that the structure is really there and that everyone is at the end of the day uh, uh, pro Long Long Island so I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth I think there's a lot of opportunity to leverage the um, organizations and existing structures that are there and at the end of the day um, you know there's so much potential there. And you know, w- whether we talk about the historic um, uh, military aerospace industry that's here that I had no idea about, there's a lot of these like legacy industries that I think are important not only to the growth of Long Island, but New York State as a whole. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, you know, and, and again, everything that we just went through, you know, some of the things you just spoke about as far as the challenges things too is that you know, we're seeing habits change. You know, you don't necessarily have to be here to work here anymore, right? You can do it remotely. We, we've learned a lot of new uh, things as far as uh, how, we, how we can operate. Uh, so those are things we compete with, and we do compete with other states as far as, like you said, it is very expensive to live here. But the programs that you're offering, the things that we're offering, and, and we speak to a lot of people, they do want to stay here. I mean, Long Island is a very unique place. Uh, you know, I love it. I call it home, and I've called it home my whole life. But uh, so let's get into, let's dive into a little bit of some of the specific national good programs aimed at economic development here on the island. Sure, absolutely. So just, uh, I just wanted to echo some other sentiments before we do that as it pertains to opportunities with National Grid. So um, there is another uh, grant-funded program, which we can list at the end and talk about, called Project C. And um, within the Project C uh, uh, grant portfolio, there are things for small business technical assistance, 
and also um, more really towards nonprofit driven as opposed to like let's say business so that's one particular avenue that's offered hmm. and then secondly we have a large energy efficiency team as well too and because of the states and, and rightfully so very aggressive um, decarbonization initiatives sure a lot of those savings rebates things of that nature are passed through utility companies mm -hmm. so um, again just to echo it's the project C grant funding which we do and also the energy efficiency team and uh, so in regards to the economic development um, grants that we have again those are applicable for everyone in Long Island Staten Island Brooklyn and most of Queens. Right. So we have one that is very geared towards manufacturing. We call it the MPP, and this could be your mom and pop manufacturing of specific parts, as I mentioned earlier, right. in regards to the aerospace technology uh, industry here out in Long Island. These are folks that maybe they're not making something, but maybe they're providing a service that's integral to the part of that specific industry, sure, such sure. as polishing or maintenance, things of that nature. And you know, you mentioned Tom earlier about times changing and people learning different things um, within these particular um, industrial sectors. There are requirements for these companies that make them certified in certain areas so that they can be a subcontractor of let's say Boeing or Lockheed or stuff like that. So the MPP or manufacturing grant that we um, offer helps to basically improve efficiency for lean manufacturing, mm. uh, actual production, um, various types of certification and also the redesign of shop floor uh, factories as well too. You know, again, as things change, you know, we might have a company that has 5,000 square feet in their shop and they want to speak with a consultant or a professional that is going to help them redesign it and therefore help improve it as well. Or we have a lot of um, industrial businesses that are experts in their field or maybe they need help on how to market themselves or help them get to a new audience as well. There's some basic um, costs that might look like marketing, but for us, you know, it's to increase efficiency. How do we get that out there? So uh, the MPP or the manufacturing one is probably one of our largest that we do. That's yes, great. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, like I'm sitting here listening, right? And, and you say National Grid is really taking a real holistic approach to economic development when you listen to some of the grants and things that you're offering, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's great about Long Island, too, is, is that you have a, um, a built-in manufacturing, uh, um, you know, based organizations that ones that focus just on the trade, Others um, like Stony Brook, for instance, that focus, I guess, on the higher ed side. Mm. Um, you have Ignite Long Island. That all these organizations that are, again are very synergistic, and that's why where we try to come in and say, hey, look, while you're speaking to your constituencies or potential workforce, we have these grants available. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. It really is. Um, so let's talk a little bit about National Grid 
and what they're doing as it relates to going green in New York. I mean, that's a big subject right now, right? Right. What does going green mean exactly uh, in, in New York? Um, I, possibly, I guess, other than California, New York might have some of the most um, aggressive sort of goals. And, you know, we feel like uh, that that's a good thing, right? Right. But we also, it's a good problem to have our face with, well, how do we get to those goals, right? Mm -hmm. We sometimes just automatically assume that we flip the switch, the electricity is there, or we turn on our heat, thankfully, and, um, you know, we're warm, you know, and we right. just had snow right. recently, right? So, so who knows, right? So it, it's the, the question or the theoretical question is, is how do we get to these goals, but deal with not only the technology that's available, funding what that sort of, um, you know, transition period looks like, mm. And furthermore, how do we actually apply it to right. our customers? So we sort of have uh, three pillars that we look at. And first of all, even though uh, National Grid is thought as just as a fuel company, said we're an energy company, and we have a fossil-free future vision. So we want to get off of fossil fuels. And the sort of, I guess, three pillars around that is increasing energy efficiency, supporting widespread adoption of non-gas energy sources and that might be targeted um, electrification renewable energies and then that's sort of where wind and solar falls in, and we could discuss that right and really replacing fossil fuels with clean alternatives and that's where natural gas comes in and also hydrogen so again it's to increase energy efficiency support non-gas energy sources and really stick our head in full force when it comes to clean fuel alternatives such as natural gas and hydrogen and some of our grants that you'll see in the economic development they focus around clean tech incubation and also what we call the future of heat which deals with hydrogen so there is funding for those that uh, as well that we provide for economic development right um it's happening slowly, right? It, there were all things you see solar. Uh, we you talked about wind and uh, the wind turbines and and what that could mean here to Long Island. Maybe you can just share with us a little bit on too. I know I think I've read something recently. The 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 amount of people that have now gone solar. Are we seeing it in the business community as much and changing the way they get their energy? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say businesses or or people that actually own the building where where these businesses are i mean you know uh e even if a tenant has a triple net lease it's usually right, the right. Um, property owner that we know that's going to take on that initiative um so i mean i mean solar's been i guess in back of people's minds for a long time we know what the local laws coming down from nicerta and the state that constructing solar on new constructions in the upcoming future is going to be very important but not only that but sort of having um solar as a backup for one thing um but you, you mentioned uh wind or offshore wind 
and it's it's very interesting. <laughs> if in, I'm sorry, you're saying it. And we have a day where the trees are blowing. The right. wind is really blowing it's today, you know. But anyway, yeah. exactly. You know, now would be a perfect day to go out and get your pin, <laughs> pinwheel and plug it into a potato and see what type of electricity there we you get. Go. Right. Um, you know, so National Grid has a uh, another company called uh, National Grid Ventures, and that's sort of the organization that's focused. Uh, specifically on offshore wind Mm. Um, and both Long Island and New York City are are prominently placed for offshore wind and to be a little bit more precise a lot of the water that is X amount of miles off of Long Island was um, essentially it's now being leased to uh, companies like Equinor so that those are the areas where they'll be able to actually build the offshore windmills. Um, these things are quite large. Um, pr- prior to me jo- joining Grid, I was on the mayor's offshore wind committee and talk about a, a, a crash course in um, learning about windmills and, and you know each, each um, actual arm, I guess is the correct term, is almost as large as a football field. Um, wow. you know, so they're quite large. There's a lot of in- environmental uh, studies, impact studies that have been done prior to this. But the main sort of thing to come back to Long Island is, is that offshore wind coming to the United States and particularly in the East Coast, it's already happening and being looked at hardly as it pertains to both Long Island and New York City. Mm. And we talk about job creation, job maintenance, where they're going to be stored, et cetera, et cetera. These things are all questions that they're all sort of intertwining with not only uh, local legislators, local universities, but, um, you know, NYSERDA as well, too, being the state's uh, energy organization. Right, sort of these intersectionalities of it. And And I'd like to even go further and... I wouldn't even call these jobs. I mean, they're careers, quite frankly. Um, NYSERDA did uh, basically a State of the Union about what jobs are needed for offshore wind. And um, there's gaps throughout New York State because people just have not been in those industries, whether it's fabricators or what traditionally, I guess we would call blue-collar jobs, right? Mm -hmm. But these green careers are, they pay very, very well. Um, you know, they're, they're long-standing in the sense of what they're projecting for offshore wind projects that this won't be a flash in the pants and that it'll be here to stay. Now, there are obviously concerns, and rightfully so, about, you know, like if it was windy for the next hundred years and you get that energy, where do we put it? Right. Things like battery storage, right? And um, community energy, you know, sort of creating a local hub, for you know let's say the town of babylon right and you know resiliency something that always comes up we looked at whether it was the um economic hit that happened due to covid or the pandemic or hurricane sandy right these are all things that like disrupted our general just life right right so you know all of these things are being considered and i I would say while they're in their infancy um I think it's all very important for us to look at and it's being looked at and you know more and more you'll see um, 
not only from the energy world but from national grid um, sort of paying attention to what's happening in the offshore wind community and you know our, our great constituencies in Long Island right yeah. um, very interesting very interesting and uh, like I said I'm sure businesses listening to um, that is one of the challenges they have here right is energy and, and we have some uh, companies that that need your assistance you talked about before they you go in you do like an audit right to help right. the the efficiency is so important in things like that and uh, that is a program that you guys offer as well um, where do you see the future growth potential here on Long Island do you well I I definitely would say it's in the sciences um, the sciences particularly um, in the medical and I would say in the energy as well. Um, right. And that marries with the growth of ener of everything, in my opinion. Um, you have great hospital systems here, Northwell, which we have in Staten Island as well, too. Um, you have Brookhaven National Labs. And again, those, I guess, um, uh, cornerstone institutions, right, can help lead into the biotech world, into the green world. Uh, I've, I've already seen it in the aerospace, um, you know, field as well too, and just an overall movement towards STEM, right? Uh, you know, I have two young children, and and since they've been in kindergarten, there's been this push for STEM, right. and the reason for that uh, being is is that I guess the folks that are around my age, um, you know, didn't go into those fields, right? right. So when we talk about um, cultivation, education, and retention as far as a place to move and where do I see it going, yeah. I see it in the STEM fields. Mm. And those are, I, those are within jobs, you know. And I think Long Island has enough people, enough strong leadership, great existing structure, as I mentioned in the path, to help facilitate that into something. Um, and with the help of, you know, National Grid as a, as a community and neighborhood partner, I think those things could accelerate. And e even with, within National Grid, you know, the, I guess we would call them the science lab, even though they have a variety of different terms. I mean, the things that they're working on are amazing. You know, right, they're innovative, sure. they're cutting edge, and you say, wow, that's happening, right? And the fact is, is that a lot of it is already happening in Long Island. So I think, you know, capturing that in that lightning in a bottle is definitely an important uh, piece of it. And, and I think your existing industries, which have thrived, whether it be um, small businesses, uh, waterfront, whatever it might be, will continue to flourish because of that, because I think all of that will help support one another from an economic development standpoint great that uh that makes a lot of a lot of sense um you know there are as we know there's a, there's always going to be challenges but it's great to talk about the opportunities and the vision right long term i don't know if i'll be here uh to see that <laughs> come to fruition i hope so but um but it is wonderful to talk about that and about the possibilities of what, what's here. It's also been great. Again, we've been talking with Niles French, who is a senior representative uh, for economic development at National Grid. 
Um, Niles, thanks so much for being here. And uh, we just want to give you an opportunity, maybe any, any parting thoughts, and maybe also get your contact information out there. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll get this out to the business community and uh, your phone will be ringing off the hook, you know? <laughs> exactly. Although, again, I'm showing my age, right? The phone don't ring anymore. They'll, they'll send you an email or a text. Right, right. right. <laughs> Those notifications will be uh, pinging. As there you go. Say. Right, there exactly. You go. Uh, so my email address is niles.french, and again, that's N-I-L-E-S, dot French like the language, at nationalgrid.com. Please feel free to reach out to me for any questions, even if it's not necessarily related towards economic development. Um, I'd love to hear about um, your various projects, uh, whether that it seems like it would be a fit or not. I mean, again, just to talk about another growing industry, you know, you have farms and food production here. Mm. The agro business is huge in Suffolk County, some of the largest in the state. And, um, you know, it's good for me to know what you're doing in your business and your organizations and your not-for-profits because ultimately, that will help uh, me, myself, and National Grid help accelerate our goals and help you as well. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. No, I, I again, uh, there's a lot more that National Grid is doing to help the business community and help the community, period. Um, and I think it's terrific. And uh, I do want to thank you for being here uh, today and taking the time. And like I said, you're, you're welcome to come back anytime. And it, new projects are new projects or new uh, things come out of National Grid. We want to be able to be here for you and get that out to the business community, so please use us. Um, but again, thank you so much for being here. You've been listening to Economically Speaking. I'm Tom Dolan. Have a great day, everyone. This episode of Economically Speaking podcast was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDA. To find out more information about today's topic or to simply stay connected, please visit the show notes where you'll find all the relevant links.